0: Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's for sure we've discovered this week that Phil Foden has a dog called Carabao. It shows our age, that the dog we had at Phil's age was named Milk. On today's pod, we're looking ahead to a good old-fashioned six-pointer away at Stamford Bridge. We'll also cast a sideways glance at a North London derby that nobody really cares about anymore. At least one of them was less relevant when Milk was a pup. To discuss all this and more, I'm delighted to be joined today by two mates separated by ten and a half thousand miles. It's Lloyd and Chris. Chris, you well pal? Gentlemen, how are we going? I'm good, thank you. I don't think I need to um give any clues as to who is living ten and a half thousand miles away with that
1: accent. Mate. <laughs> so Mate,
0: lockdown. lockdown. locked one's locked
1: down here at the moment. Um, oh, hoping it's man. gonna ease soon. That is plenty grim. of sport this weekend though. Um you know, we've got the AFL grand final, uh, NRL semi-finals. So my boys, the the Rabbitohs, are, are playing for a spot in the grand final tonight. So looking forward to that. Nice.
0: Is that on, on telly? Are you able to watch it on, on television?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then we've got the Wallabies on as well. So plenty of stuff to keep me busy.
0: Good, good. Uh, what about you, Lloyd? Things well?
2: All good, mate. Yeah, all good. Uh, got a half day today. And then I'm actually going... Bit bit weird for September in the UK, but going to a festival on Saturday. and right. the weather's the weather looks okay, so I know Howard would be screaming at me for making that decision, but um, we could be all right.
0: You're just rubbing it in with Chris, yeah. I mean, Chris, Chris is in lockdown. Oh, that's true. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh,
1: Mate, the roles well, were reversed this time last year, weren't they?
2: Well, it, exactly. It was uh, you guys were were all right, and we were getting panned, but um at least the summer's coming for you, eh?
0: It's yes. the exact opposite for us. Yeah, I mean Chris was saying just before we began it, they're allowing picnics now outside uh yeah, residence and that just brought it all back that it's just kind of yeah. I feel for you Chris man. It'll get better, it will.
1: Yeah, thanks mate.
0: Let's um let's start before we look ahead to the Chelsea game. Pep has done a pep again this week and <laughs> said something what's made made the news um, this time, after the Wickham game, which saw half the City team, obviously, with an average age of 21 and under. Um, sorry, it's all teenagers, weren't they? Um, saying that the under-23s should be allowed to play in the lower leagues, um, possibly even the Championship. Um, Chris, i start with you. Is that a good idea?
1: This bloke's got some one-liners, doesn't he, boys?
0: <laughs> he does.
1: Nah, to be honest, I disagree with Pep here on this one. Yeah. Um, I know Pep's got a history with Barca B, but I think the traditions and the setup of the English game is at a really good level at the moment. So I wouldn't want to see a Man City B or a Man United B or a Chelsea B compete in the lower leagues like you do see in places like Spain. Yeah. Another concern of mine would be where, you know, how the FA and the governing bodies would actually um, be able to run this. You know, so if City want a lower league team, then you know united liverpool chelsea they all have a, the same rights so they'd probably want the same thing so i don't think it's really feasible one thing i will say though I, you know pep's got an advantage over the other managers in the premier league and that's the the cfg yeah. so he's got he's got the ability to send players all over the world with relative ease and and city have the ability to sort of form a style of play and have that style of play coached by all teams around the world so i think that Maybe Pep's focus and the City hierarchy's focus could be more on utilising that rather than trying to convince people that you know we need to see a Manchester City B in the Championship. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does, man. It's a good shout out. It's I should say as well though that Manchester United have had their B team play for the last ten years in the Premier League. Um, hey, <laughs> <laughs> just no A team. <laughs> um, They've been managed by David Moyes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, what about you, Luke? Do you uh, do you agree with Chris there?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've, um, I think we've spoken about this before. Yeah, you know, I keep, I think he brought it up two or three years ago, he didn't did. he? Yeah. Um, don't really think my position has changed. I mean, um, you know, I, I understand practically why Pep wants it. It does, you know, make sense. And, um, you know, if you're putting your city hat on and you're just being selfish about it, then, yeah, obviously, it, you know, it would Definitely. be yeah. massively beneficial for us to be able to play. You know James Mcatee and Lavia and DeLap in the championship every week. It would it bring them on no end. you would be able to control everything in terms of their development, um, even more so than what Chris just said there. But which I think is a good point about the CFG. Um, and, the, and the Pep has something there that you know that the other managers don't. But ultimately, practi- it, practically, actually on the other side, it doesn't work because you got to come back to the ninety 92- two club structure in the UK and just how important that is um, to basically how we consume football and how football is here on this weird island that we all live on. So um, it's just never going to happen. And I think particularly after COVID in the last 18 months, we've seen how how difficult it's been for some of the smaller teams. And, you know, we've got Derby going into administration and Berry have obviously had massive issues. Look at Oldham. Um you know, and fans are desperate not to lose these clubs. And I think actually, if you if you flip and turn ten to twenty B teams into the lower league system, you know you'd kill off plenty more teams, and it would destroy that fabric. So, yeah, so it's a it's a non-starter.
0: It is a non-starter. I mean, it does make a valid point of saying that you know it goes on in Spain, of course, and and you know they've seen the figures are encouraging in that regard. You know, like I think it was something I was reading about it earlier, and and the amount of Spanish players who have played for the international setup and have come through, you know, are far superior to the pool of players that England have. Um, but we've just got to the Euro final. I got to the semi finals of the World Cup. National teams doing all right. So, if that is the end game, then right now, that's it's just, I should say, it, it's kind of almost redundant argument, because in every other way, it's a negative, surely. And also, taking my City hat off, and I don't like to say this, but it has to be said, City basically hoover up the best young talent around from the lower leagues. So, if someone comes through at kind of Wimbledon or Derby, whoever it may be, 15, 16 years of age, then City, United, Chelsea, they're all kind of angling to get them, they all bring them in. So... Back in the day, those young players would develop in a championship and they would develop in League One. They would have two or three seasons, you know, at their homegrown clubs before the bigger clubs would swoop. Uh, that's all changed these days. So we and United and Chelsea are in no position to be kind of judging on that um and saying that we want kind of under twenty-threes, because they're not really our under twenty-threes, but a l large part, we've got them from elsewhere anyway. So yeah, yeah, I mean, look yeah. at look at
2: Jadon Sancho. We nicked we nicked him from Watford at fifteen because he wouldn't sign a contract. Yeah, um, you know, Sterling left QPR at fifteen. Um, you know, we got Delap from Derby at sixteen. Yeah, you know, there's there's just there's we yeah we just hoover, we hoover it up anyway. So, um, yeah, it's it, I think sometimes with with Pepper there are, I can kind of excuse him a bit more on this one than the stuff like with the oh, fans, yeah, for yeah. instance. I think. Um, it, I just get why he doesn't maybe completely understand the kind of softer, uh, kind of contextual side of, of this. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a non-starter. And I think, again, it's probably one where someone should probably just have a, a bit of a word in his ear, not to say, you know, you can't talk about that, but just to kind of maybe put the other side to him.
1: Yeah. I, really I mean, from... Go on, Chris. Sorry, go on. Now... After you, mate. Yeah, so what I was going to say is from the outside looking in at the English game, I think the English leagues have a point of difference, and that is that it's really competitive from top to bottom. So, like Lloyd said, once you start diluting that, you're going to see less of these feel good stories like mm. Brentford, Sheffield, and Leicester make these significant rises from league to league and become competitive in the Prem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that he means it. You can see that he means it. You know, he genuinely does believe that it will benefit English football. So that's why I've got no problem with him saying what he's saying. You know, he's someone from abroad who's from their culture. That is the norm that, you know, Barcelona have a B team in the kind of lower leagues. And he has seen how it works there and he thinks it would work over here. And so that's why I've got absolutely no problem with him saying it. But in this regard, I I just think he's wrong. I just don't think it would work over here. And um, I can't remember which of you guys said it, but basically it's a non starter, isn't it? It's just not going to happen. Um, and also, we'll forget about this in a week's time anyway, because it was just those circumstances, wasn't it? A unique circumstance once a season, the first round but City play in, in the Carabao, where we tend to play five or six kids. You get asked about it afterwards. He'll maybe bring it up again next year, <laughs> and then it'll go away again. What won't go away, though, is Chelsea. Um, very much on the horizon, looking very good indeed. Um, before we get into kind of particular line-ups, etc., uh, Chris, just how worried are you about the uh, the game tomorrow?
1: Um, well, yeah. Look, I think Chelsea are a strong side. Um, you know, I think they're riding the highs of the Champions League win still, and I think as a result, they've started the season really strongly and full of confidence. Um, yeah, I do think there will be a point in the season when they hit a roadblock and drop a few points, but for, yeah, for me, I'm I'm quietly confident. I think that. Um, You know, if I look back to last season, it was this very fixture away at Stamford Bridge where things started to turn for us. You know, we came into that game um, with our backs against the wall a little bit, not starting strongly, um, and we came out and had a pretty impressive performance, albeit uh, Lampard's Chelsea at the time. So I'm quietly confident.
0: Lloyd, are you quietly confident?
1: Mm. (sighs) No.
0: Um, I think I would
2: I'd be more confident if we didn't have the injuries that we have at the moment. I think that's quite a big debilitating factor. Yeah. Um I see that Stones and the Port are back in training, but I imagine the chances of them starting on Saturday are pretty low. Um, particularly given what Pep said. So if we had a fuller team, then yes. But I think being honest, we've not got a good we've not got a good record against Tuchel's Chelsea since he's come in. Play at all? play three, level well, three. Exactly. We've got a terrible record. We've got a good record at Stamford Bridge though, which I think is something because we definitely don't have a good record at the place we're going next weekend. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, generally, I think I feel like Chelsea. You know, I would fancy us to beat Chelsea more than I'd fancy us to beat Liverpool. Um, even though. Our record against Tuchel is absolutely terrible. I feel like the way that they set up, we can. I, I've watched them in three of their five games so far, and they've they've not actually been fantastic. They've not they've just done what Tuchel teams have done since he's come in, which is just absolutely kill the game defensively. Mm. And now that they've brought Lukaku in, they've added that kind of clinical edge that at the moment we don't have. Um, to the point that they just they've just killed games in key moments, which ultimately is the sign of a great side. Um and you know, we've seen that from us in the past. But I still I don't think they're operating kind of at a footballing level that is that we can't beat them. It doesn't they don't feel to me like the Liverpool team of nineteen twenty, where you're almost looking at City uh Mark Two, where you're like, bloody hell, these guys literally they'll play you off the park, they'll press you off the park, like they could beat us four 0 like if they play well. Mm. I don't get the sense at the moment of that with this Chelsea team. They're definitely building and bubbling nicely, but I think we can def- we we've de- we can definitely um, we can definitely land a glove on them. Um, and I think actually the way that the season's gone already, I do think um, a loss, whilst you know it's obviously not Kearns or anything for the season, I think a loss would be would be pretty damaging and it would give them a lot of. Uh, Smirk up their asses, which we don't. We don't need right now. We need someone. Um, and it feels a little bit like actually when we were playing Liverpool in those seasons, um, like eighteen, nineteen. If no one else is going to land the glove on them, it's got to come down to us to do it. And I know it's really early, and you know it's not like that game in uh, when was it in March when it was an absolute ding dong. But it does feel like we've uh, we've probably got to get something out of the game on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and. Just said there about the players missing. Um, Chris, is that a concern for you? I mean, Stones in report, as Lloyd said, there has been maybe been um, photographed in training, but I can't conceive him starting. Or certainly not both. Um, with a weakened defense, Lukaku. I mean, that, that's a worry, isn't it? Who can you imagine maybe filling in at the back? Is like Ake is going to be important. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um... Yeah, I've, I'm pretty much not expecting Stones or Laporte to play and even Rodri for that matter. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm team. I'm very much team Ake. I want to see him do well. Yeah, and I think fair. this is going to be a, a good opportunity for him because he's coming up against his old team. So, you know, I think if, if he can partner Diaz at centre-back with Walker and Cancelo and then, you know, Rodri will be out. So Fern, I you'd assume, would be in there, um, albeit he didn't have the best game against Southampton. I think hopefully those back five or six players with the keeper can be enough.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, and a further forward, Lloyd, midfield, kind of De Bruyne to start, uh, probably, I'm guessing.
2: Has to be. I think I think him and Phil have both got to start, to be honest. Um, I think we're now at that point in the season where it's big game time. We've probably kept them slightly more on ice than we would have if we didn't have this kind of week, I think. Um. You know, I think we, you would have seen one of them start against Southampton if, if we didn't have this schedule coming up. So I think they both should start. I think the midweek game was, to me, just like a a huge nod to just how much we've missed them. I mean, you know, we've we've played well in parts. We've scored a hell of a lot of goals, surprisingly. Um, but I, it, it's felt weird in a way because we've smashed teams out of kind of out of sight but then in other games we've just lacked the clinical edge um, Spurs Southampton um, and it's in it's in those kind of big games that you really need obviously your key players and the level that those two brought and I know it's Wickham but the level they just play slightly different football to the to the other yeah. guys yeah. in our squad so they both have to start um, and I'm interested to see where because I don't know how well there's been chat, hasn't there, about Foden playing in midfield now, mm. and with no Rodri, Foden, De Bruyne in midfield would be a very ballsy move from Pep. Um, yeah, but uh, you know he's done it before. Um, I think I think there's a chance if uh, if if Gundos fit that he might play in midfield, and it could be the three of them, and that would be ridiculous, but uh, that would <laughs> almost be a nod to Champions to that the, lovely night in Porto, uh, yeah. but. But yeah, let's see. I think the the last thing, see, I just really quickly wanted to say is how the hell have the Premier League scheduled this for twelve thirty on Saturday? It is an absolute crime. Mm. I mean, it probably it probably suits Chris in Sydney. Yeah, um, it does mate.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not complaining.
2: Which, which, to be fair, after me rubbing it in early doors about the festival, is probably fair enough. But <laughs> um, I, can, I can't believe they've scheduled. And also, the, the the Manchester Derby's been scheduled for for twelve thirty on a Saturday. Absolute crime! and like they need a they need a good slap around the ends.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Looking further uh, forward, I mean, if Foden, I can't see Foden in midfield. I just can't see it happening. It, it's. For me, you need the energy. No, I agree. I was I was pulling you like before, then. Well, I mean, he could go left field. I mean, let's face it, he's got form for it. Coming up against, you know, your Klops and your two goals, that's what kind of Pep tends to do. But for me, you need the energy of Bernardo Silva in there. You need to kind of try and pin back Kante and, and um, uh, the, the other guy, I can't even think of his name now, um, try and pin them back as much as you can in midfield. That's how our game's won against Chelsea. Um But further afield, I mean, you're looking at Greenish. Greenish has to start, Chris, surely.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm predicting him to start probably in the midfield um, with KDB. I think Foden might play on the left. Um, You know, Pep could do, he could play KDB the false nine if he really wanted to. But I think Torres is actually, I think he's making positive strides forward in that role, to be honest. He's. He's looking good on the ball. He's, he's, taking, he's taking shots. He's hit he's hitting the target. So I think he's going to continue to improve there. So I'd give him the, the first nod. Um, for me, I don't think Jesus did enough against Southampton to start. I think Myers will play. Yeah, um, so uh, And I think Bernardo will probably be the unlucky one to miss out given KDB and Foden coming back in. I think because Grealish didn't play against Wickham, that we'll probably see him feature in this game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a head fuck, really. I can't kind of work out. I think one thing. It's really hard to work out, isn't it? It it really is. And then obviously when you factor in Chelsea and what their strengths are and how we, we need to nullify those strengths as well and, and the best players for that. Um, yeah, I can't settle on a lineup. This is the trickiest lineup I've had to kind of select, you know, for myself for, for some time. I can't recall, actually, probably the Champions League final, to be fair, which obviously there's a common denominator there. Um, can they I,
2: I think the reason it's tough though is it's it's the first time this season we've had all the attacking players available it's
0: Foden and Grealish they're, those two throw me it's you know if they're, if they're both fit and available can can you drop one of them Lloyd
2: no I don't think so um, and that, I think that's why it's tough because I think ultimately it comes down the, the key decision is who plays up front and then I think everything flows from there so yeah if you play, if you want a striker, we've only got one really, and it's Torres because he doesn't play as a false nine. So if you want someone to go in behind and stretch the game, then you play Torres. If you want to go with a false nine, I think De Bruyne plays there, probably. Um, and, but yeah, if you play Torres, then, yeah, Grealish has probably got to start on the left. I think Kev's in midfield with. Probably Bernardo, if Kev starts up front, and, and maybe Gundo or Ferner, And then, what, do you play Foden on the right? I mean, he's not really played on the right very much um, wow. for City. But I think, I think this is why it's so difficult. We've not seen kind of this collection of players under Pep this season available altogether and for a big game. It's not yeah. happened yet. So... This will basically be, uh, I think, a nod to what Pep thinks his best eleven is for this season, and I don't think we've really seen that yet because we haven't had everybody here.
0: Okay, uh, uh, Chris, do the three victories for, for Chelsea last season will that have any impact or influence on this game as regards to Pep's team selection and also psychologically for the players?
1: Uh, I don't feel as strongly about this one as Lloyd. Um, I think last season's last season. Um, I'm hoping that Pep isn't stressing out too much on those results. I mean, if we look at those three games, take the Champions League final out of it. So we played two shorts Chelsea twice um, in the league when we pretty much knew it was already wrapped up, so that was more or less a dead rubber for us. And then we played them in the FA Cup semi, if I recall, and mm. at the time I don't think it was a major priority for us given that we were so focused on the Champions League campaign at the time. So, look, it's a new season. Everyone's restarted on zero points. Um, if anything, it's given Pep an opportunity to sort of prove who the top dog is. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that he's not dwelling on it too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the sunshine talking, that is. Yeah. <laughs> that's because you, you live down there, mate, and it's, it's beautiful and sunny and, and all the rest <laughs> of it. We need because... a
1: bit of that at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um... A loss for City and and go sticks behind Liverpool. Uh, sorry, sticks behind Chelsea. And with Liverpool coming up at Anfield. Would either of you take a point right now, Lloyd? Would you take a draw?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um. Ah, oh, I'd I'd probably say no, but I'd be I'm pretty tempted actually. I'd slash your hand off for it, mate. I really would. I'd be very happy with a draw at Chelsea. Well, I would, but I think. Despite what I said at the beginning, the more I started to talk, the more I was like, no, we can we can beat them. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can. We, yeah. I mean, look, we can. I think we're well capable of beating them. I, the, the main concern for me is the back four. I think Ake's been okay recently and look, I'd love him to do well and amazing what he's been doing in light of his dad. Mm. But you've got to put all that aside. He's not as good as Stones and Laporte and... He, I think he gave us a problem actually in the Southampton game in the build up. He's, he's not him and Diaz together. It's a bit, it's a bit frudgy at the back in terms of setting us up and getting us going and playing those balls kind of between the lines. That is what stones and the port are so good at. And that's what gets us going. And I think it takes a game actually probably like Southampton to make you realize. That's it is so important that element of the game to this city team. It really is. Um it's not something you possibly notice when it's when it's going on around you and you know you're beating teams 3-4-0. It's actually in a game like that where a team manages to basically shut off all those passing lanes and just say to Ake and Diaz, lads, you have the ball. You yeah. have the ball. Um that you know they, they don't have the quality possibly to to kind of penetrate. So I think, look, would I take a point? I'd be very tempted, but I I also fear our chances at Anfield for obvious reasons. So, I think if there's a game we're going to win, it's probably, and this I don't you know this doesn't really make any sense. It's probably more irrational. I feel like it's this weekend more than next weekend, and I think actually psychologically it's probably more important for us to win this weekend than it is next. So. I'd be tempted to say no on that basis.
0: So is that because, uh, I'll come to you in in a second on this, Chris? but I think you've already alluded to it, Lloyd. Actually, Is that because you think it's basically between City and Chelsea this season for the title?
2: I think they're the main two. Liverpool have actually surprised me. They've looked stronger than I expected and I didn't think they would continue to get the level out of some of the obvious candidates that they have, Um, but they have and... You know, that is, I think, the feat of Klopp and this Liverpool team that he has, despite everything that we say, managed to get the same guys to go back to the same watering hole and just produce (laughs) an unbelievable level. And they are, you know, they, they they, they still are so good. And their first 11 is as good as any first 11 in the world, never mind the Premier League. But from what I've seen, I just think Chelsea at the moment probably have... Slightly more durability, and I think it's their squad really that puts them neck and neck with City. And I think at the moment they're probably edging it, to be honest, because of Lukaku. I do. I think he adds that much. Yeah. I think you've already seen it in certain games as well. So yeah, that's why I think psychologically, you know, I think Stefan actually said it when we were on the pod a few weeks ago. Like no one, everything has just been hunky dory at Chelsea for months. And it's only really this Alonso kind of take the knee thing. It's, it's the first time that you've seen like any, anything negative come out of that club. But the way that Chelsea operate under Abramovich is, is kind of... It's, it's chaos when it's when it's terrible But because there's almost like that iron fist. Um, but when things go bad at Chelsea, they do go bad. They can go bad quite quickly and obviously managers get flung on the heap and there can be a lot of change. So I do... I do think Tuchel just basically needs someone to absolutely smack him around the chops and um, like I said a bit like with the Liverpool thing you know you can't rely on other teams to do it if you, if you want to win leagues you've got to take it into your own hands so that's yeah. why I think this game is important
0: OK Chris um, do you think it's between City and Chelsea can you see United maybe mounting a serious challenge?
1: Oh, I definitely think it's still too early to rule out United and Liverpool Um mm. I think United have recently shown some signs that they might struggle to keep up with the pack and get consistent results throughout the season. I definitely think Liverpool will be there or thereabouts. I think we're probably yet to see their best form and we're hoping that doesn't doesn't start to appear next weekend. But yeah, I think Lloyd's, Lloyd's made a pretty good point there about Anfield. Um, it's definitely going to be a tough game that next weekend. Um, and then obviously throw the PSG game in midweek for a bit of a spanner in the works. But I don't know how do you guys prioritise these next three games well, for City? Well, are we to be focusing on the league, or you think we need to make a statement in that PSG game? Nah, for me, the
0: PSG is like someone described it on Wednesday as a free hit, and I'll go along with that. You know, we can't afford to to, to lose that one and still even top the group. So, um, it's it's a free hit. Um, Anfield. What the reason I really don't want to lose at Anfield is because all the Liverpool fans will basically just be dismissing our 4-0 win last season saying it's because it was you know an empty stadium um, and claiming that we bottle it at Anfield again in front of a crowd I'd love us to make a real statement there at Anfield. If I could choose one game to, to win out of the two it would be Liverpool Um and it really put them in the really? place. Yeah, it would de- derail their title uh, aspiration, their kind of momentum, their confidence. Um, it, it kind of really set them back, I think. So whereas Chelsea, mm. they could handle that. If you know, if City win at weekend, Chelsea will regroup and they'll come back stronger. I don't think Liverpool would. So it'll just deal with a rival to an extent. Um, so f- yeah, for me, the mm. Liverpool one is the most important. Um, but you, you just don't want this narrative of Tuchel having the edge over Pep to, to strengthen. I mean, it's an important consideration, you know, it's, you don't want Tuchel to be the guy who everyone says has Pep's number because that gets into Pep's head. And if we play Chelsea in a FA Cup semi-final again or a Champions League final again, then that, that becomes a big factor. So both are important, of course. Um, but for me, the Liverpool game just edges it. Um, I gotta say, I disagree. Okay.
2: Yeah, cool. I, I, I think, I think it's this weekend. Um, I think the fact that we've won at Anfield, and I know there weren't fans there, I think that kind of, um, that satisfies a bit of the itch, uh, from the Anfield side. And I think ultimately, since I've been alive, I just expect to take a massive L at Anfield. So <laughs> I. Um, I almost, I, I almost, it's just almost like fine, whatever. Um, but no, nah, removing all that, I think genuinely being being serious about this, I, th- I think this weekend's a bigger game because I think for the reason that you just said, Steve, psychologically, I think City have got got to land got to got to land a bit of a punch, punch on Chelsea. Yeah, I think fair. Pep's got to be able to show, and I don't think we have to necessarily win, really. But I think he's, I think he's just got to be able to show that he can go up against Tuchel and that this team that we have right now can compete with what Chelsea have got. Um I mean how I think what would be absolutely ideal is a win against Chelsea and it for me, a stinky nil-nil at Anfield. An hmm. absolute stink fest where we we did what we did a few years ago. Obviously Morris missed the pen. Yeah. And we just go and play and just like oh, mate, it's just a horrible game. You know, I, you know, you just watch it and you're just like, oh, oh
0: I don't want, I want that. It to I be don't, over I, just
2: a complete a nil, beautiful nil nil. That would be amazing.
0: Look, you're you're forgetting how I'm assuming you felt during those ninety minutes, just like I did, and just like Chris did. That was horrendous. That was
2: so it was nervy. it was it was
0: awful. But I'm just thinking, I'm thinking results,
2: mate. Um, yeah, you just got to get through the ninety minutes.
0: Yeah, but in terms of like my health, go you know, either lose three 0 at Anfield or get a great win, but n- not enough intense and tight and nil nil the whole time throughout. Can't cope with that.
1: Pep's pulled a few of these big results um, out against big teams in the past when you probably least expect them. So Mm. I know the narrative around Klopp having the edge over Pep for a while a couple of seasons ago was there and evident. But I think you know Pep's definitely got the pedigree and the know-how to be able to get one over these guys. So I'm quietly confident. I mean, the problem
0: is, is that narrative does kind of manifest itself very quickly where people will be saying that Tuchel is the new Klopp that he's the one who's kryptonite to pep superpowers and you know i saw an article um this week coming out about it and you know i wrote it so <laughs> i'm responsible for that <laughs> I, I can only apologize um how do you guys see this game playing out um chris what's your kind of instinct as regards to kind of you know the ebb and flow of it
1: um i think it'll be a close game for the majority of it uh you know, I think there won't be much more than a, than a one one nil advantage. So, like, it won't be more than one goal in it for the majority of the game. Um, I think that our attacking players will prevail and hopefully, you know, I think it'll stay around 2-1 our way until about the 80th minute and hopefully we can snag a third and, and, mm. and bring it home with Foden to shine.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Lloyd? I think it's really tough
2: to call. I, I genuinely don't know. Um I think most of it. I think the, the the reason it's difficult is the city side. I think you know what you're going to get from Chelsea in this game. I think Tuchel will set them up as he does in all big games and as he has against Pep, which is to play semi-reactive football to kind of sit off. You know, look to use their two in midfield to kind of get get them going, get the three up front, um, kind of in behind. I think it will be Mount probably another in Lukaku Um, and you know generally in in all those games Tuchel hasn't looked to be proactive against City, he's allowed us to have the ball and almost Mm. make mistakes and kind of feed off that and they've used their four across the middle and three to kind of really pin City and, and push us into errors, I mean particularly in the Champions League game. So I think it all depends to yeah, what city team turns up, and I think a lot of that also relies on selection. So it, I think it's really hard to call. You know, I could see us, I could see it being similar to Spurs, where you know we create chances, we don't finish our dinner, and then the tide turns, and you know they could end up beating us one, two, three. I could see, I could could see that happening, but I could also see us, you know, really turning up and putting a couple past them early, and you know it, it being a bit of a ding dong. I I genuinely don't know. I. I I can't call it. Jenny can't
0: call it. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be one 0 Chelsea. I think between them, you know, we've we've conceded two goals in ten games, Chelsea and City. So there's not going to be many uh, goals in this. The defenses might well shine, which is obviously where the worry is for me because you know we don't have our strongest defense out. A um, couple of little stats: twenty six percent of Chelsea's goals last season came from their defenders. Um, one of which was against City, wasn't it, with Alonso? Um, and this, this time out is 25%. So basically a quarter of their goals come from defence, which is really impressive. Uh, as for the he's he scored 87 goals in 128 games for his clubs and country since leaving United. Um, they just didn't know what they had there. Okay, lads. Well, let's move on very quickly to the North London Derby. Um, Both Arsenal and Spurs just seem to be perpetually in crisis. They regularly finish outside the top four. Chris, are they big clubs anymore?
1: Uh, Look, even though neither of these two teams are playing in the the Champions League or even the Europa League this season, I think it's a bit harsh to say that they're not elite clubs. Mm. Both clubs, in their own right, have the appeal for players to go and play there. Um, They might not be attracting the level of players that, say, City or Chelsea are at this very moment. But, you know, they are definitely no mugs. I think with these two teams, if they were playing in any other European league, they'd be fighting for a top two or three finish in in each of the major leagues. So I guess it just highlights how strong the Premier League is at the moment. You know, looking specifically at Arsenal, for example, I mean, they've had three clean sheets in three games since we beat them 5-0, which is encouraging for Arteta. So... Um, I think they only beat Burnley and Norwich by one goal, so I'd like to see Arsenal's attacking players sort of start to find their groove. And then on the other hand, with Spurs, I think they're really struggling at the moment. Kane seems completely out of sorts, not surprising to me, if I'm honest, you know, given the speculation around him in the summer, and also Sun's been injured, so we might start to see him get back into some f- form, but mm. it's going to be a pretty good game for the neutral
0: it usually is. It's always an interesting game. I have to say, as a neutral, I, I just can't see it being a ding dong classic like we've seen in the past. But um, Lloyd, what about you? How do you view both those clubs right now? Where, where are they in the kind of great scheme of things?
2: I think Chris has been a bit kind to to those two. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I mean, Arsenal's increasingly are are an irrelevance. Um, <laughs> In Premier League terms, anyway, I mean, it's you know, it's fair to say there is a lot of quality in the league, but they regularly get beaten by by mid-table, lower-table teams, and they take you know, it 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 just feels like the circus week to week. And I like Arteta, and I want him to do well, but bar the FA Cup win early doors, he's not done a great deal to turn them around. I, I appreciate there are very difficult circumstances there, but you know, if you look. If you look at that team, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty garbage. And the the performance they put in at the Etihad this season was was genuinely pathetic. To be fair, you know that could have been Norwich, yeah, or or Wickham. <laughs> it yeah. was that bad. It was it was the defending was awful.
0: Um.
2: So, yeah. I mean, generally Arsenal and Spurs are good. It's good games, isn't it? Because the fans, you know, think it's a massive game. They get really up for it. Um, it's not a massive game anymore um, and it's usually a bit of a ding-dong uh, I think it's the highest scoring fixture in the Premier League isn't it? With the most draws
0: though it, it should be said that it's, um, the amount of draws has been in the Premier League era in the North London derby um, they and the Merseyside derby every other derby every other top six clash doesn't come close to those two I mean there's a lot of draws down the years But three threes and four fours Oh yes, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah um,
2: but yeah, I mean they are, yeah they are irrelevant. And Spurs are mugs as well. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's great, it's great seeing them play in the Conference League, and I find it really funny that they've literally been playing Kane, Son, and Hoiberg in like all of their games. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like lads, you're going to break your best players for literally nothing. Um, I think Kane started. Um, Midweek as well. He, at did. he did, yeah, yeah.
0: What? A, oh my god! But we Nuno, never learned. We never learned. Nuno,
2: Nuno is literally terrible. Like the bloke is <laughs> the bloke is average. So yeah, I mean, they are they are both just average football teams. That's well, why it
1: does does my head in when when we lose these these shit games. The Spurs one 0 because yeah. like we're just such a better team than them, and it's just it's so frustrating. Yeah.
0: Well, Chris, who do you? personally want to win out of those two and why?
1: Uh, Arsenal for me, um, like Lloyd, I want to see Arteta do well and, and turn mm. things around, try and change the narrative of the, of the club. So hopefully he can get one up. Um, definitely won't see, I can't see any clean sheets between the two teams. I reckon it'll be like a, a 3-2 or a 2-1 really? or something like that. Hope I don't right. know, I'm just, yeah, I hope so, I,
0: I just can't see it. I mean, Spurs have scored half the amount of goals as Newcastle this season. They're just not scored. Well, it's just 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, and then going to crisis. Arsenal's gone the other way, haven't they? You know, crisis, and then 1-0, 1-0. Um, so between them, I think between them they've scored 100, every 180 minutes. If you combine their games, they've scored hundred and eighty every 180 wow. minutes right now. So I just can't see goals in this one. Although, you're, you're both absolutely right. The defences are woeful. So, uh, particularly at Arsenal. Um, we'll wait and see. Uh, Lloyd, who do you, you want to win? I
2: don't care. <laughs> 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 to be honest, like I really, I really couldn't give a shit. Um, oh. Like
0: I would, quote, yeah. I just don't care. I, I, I I'm trying to like think. No, nah, uh, no, nah, I don't care. Yeah, I it. just on a petty point. Really, I want Arsenal to win because Spurs have done me a in recently. That's it, really. Just with a with a Harry King thing. Um. Right, guys, time to wrap it up. I really enjoyed that. Thanks very much for getting up early, Chris, or, or staying up late. Which one is it?
1: It's neither, mate. It's only six 6.15pm. Oh, is
0: it? Oh, right, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, all the same. It's always great to have you on, Chris. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us
1: today, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks, Lloyd. Cheers, Steve. one. Cheers, thanks... man. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. That's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to put a fiver on the North London Derby, being an absolute gold fest because football is weird like that. In the meantime, though, take care of yourselves, be well, and forever up, the lighter shade of blue.